Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Today, we're going to be talking about considering one another. Considering one another. Praise God. Lift one hand with me and say this with me. Say, Father, I thank you for your Word. Your Word is spirit and life to me. I believe with all my heart that your word, sown in good ground, produces good fruit. Father, I am good ground for your word. I'm a doer of the word, not a hearer only, and I am blessed in my deeds. And I rejoice today, Father, because you sent Holy Spirit to reveal truth to me. So I call on you today, Holy Spirit to do that work in my life. I'll receive truth, act upon it, be changed by it, and I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. We've been talking about considering one another, and, um, you know, in, in times like this, and I, I really felt like this was appropriate, and we wanted to do this as you all come back, as we come back together. And, uh, you know, our position, you say, well, you know, I, I know that, uh, that some churches, they, they have one view on what they should do during this time. Others had another view. And, and each had to, to come to their own decision as far as what they were going to do. Were they going to continue to have services? Were they going to... Um, uh, go against the health orders that were being handed down where they're going you know and i'm not going to tell you what you should do in, in that regard that's that's not what i'm here for but i'm here to give you some consideration and that is that god's word teaches us that we should consider one another and that's what we've been dealing with you know this is the whole thing of you know, do you wear a mask? Do you not wear a mask? Do you shake hands, not shake hands? What do you do? What do you do? What's the, what's the Christian thing to do? What's the Bible thing to do? What, you know, and, and we've got to go to God's Word. See, here's the deal. We believe that God's Word has the answer to every question that you could ever ask. You know, uh, in... Uh, Regarding these kinds of things, God's Word has the answer for us. We've got to seek it out, praise God. And how many know, who knows who the, the author of the Bible is? Okay, well, we know that Moses penned the first five books of the Bible. We know that 
the Apostle Paul penned the uh, two-thirds of the New Testament. We know that, you know, about Matthew and Mark, and we know, you know, the, the different prophets that throughout the scriptures that, that pen these books, but they are not the author of the Bible. The Bible tells us that these men of old, they wrote as they were moved by the author of the Bible, the Holy Spirit. Praise God. So if you, if you were thinking and just didn't want to yell it out, that's okay. Uh, but Holy Spirit is the author of the Bible. Praise God. Now he had different individuals that actually wrote the words down on, on the pages that, you know, that, that we could read. But yet Holy Spirit is the author of the Bible. So if you have a lack of understanding, here's the, here, here's the wonderful news. Holy Spirit moved on the inside of you when you received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. He moved on the inside of you. So you have the author of the Bible living in you. Praise God. Everybody say, that's good news. Praise God. Because if you've got the author of the Bible, you should never be concerned, oh, well, I don't understand the Bible. I don't read the Bible because I don't understand it. You've got the author in you. Maybe you're not conscious of that, but we need to sometimes change our consciousness and stir up our consciousness to be aware of some things. And you need to be aware that the author of the Bible is living on the inside of you, and he talks to you. Now, I know that, uh, uh, you know, sometimes when, uh, when people say, well, God said to me, or God spoke to me, or God, and, and then there are some that will go off on that, and well, you know, they've got a mental illness because they think God talks to them. Well, I, I would think it would be more strange if he didn't. It would be more strange if God doesn't talk to you. You know, how, why would we think that the creator of the universe, why would we think he can't talk to people? Where, where would we ever get a, a, a notion like that, that the one who, he can create the universe and he created the majority of what he created. In fact, the only thing he created with his hands was man. He formed man from the dust of the earth with his hands. But everything else, he said, let there be light. He said, let this happen. He said, let that happen. And it was so. So if he spoke creation into existence, where would we get a silly notion that this God who could speak such powerful words that creation comes into existence, why would we think that he can't talk to people? You know, uh, I'm quite sure that he can, and I know that he can. Praise God. And furthermore, I know that he does. Praise God. So, you should expect God to speak to you. Praise God. And when you have questions, when you're reading the scriptures and you're saying, well, Lord, I don't understand this. What does this mean? Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, remember, he's God. 
God, the Holy Spirit, on the inside of you begins to say, well, this is what it means. Did you connect it with, you know, I, I don't know how many times I've had Holy Spirit just gently direct me and lead me, connect that thought with this verse over here. Connect these two scriptures together. Con make, make that connection. And when I do, it opens up a whole new realm of understanding for me because he, the author of the Bible, is resident on the inside of me and he is making a connection for me. Praise God. And he knows what he meant when he authored it, right? Okay. Now, in 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, verse number 5, in the Amplified Translation, he's talking about love. And here we see that, you know, th this is one of those situations where Holy Spirit began to talk to me about a passage in the Bible. And, um, you know, I'd read for many years, read 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. We call it the love chapter. It talks about love is this, love is that, love doesn't do this, love does this, you know, and, and talks about those things in the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians. And here, one day, I'm reading this, and Holy Spirit said, connect this to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, verse uh, 7 or 8, uh, it, it says, uh, God is love. And 1 Corinthians 13 says, love is. And it tells you what love is. So what he was showing me was 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It tells me how love behaves, but it also tells me what God is. What God's like, because God is love, and this is what love is. So here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 5 in the Amplified Translation, it's a love is not conceited, arrogant, inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist. Here's the part I want you to get, this right here. I mean, all of that's good, but here I want you to focus in on this. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. Now, as I read that, you know, I, I uh, the Lord gave me a, a, a message one time out of that very idea that God is love and this is what love is. And it took all of the things that 1 Corinthians 13 says about love and showed me that each one of those things is describing what God is like. And so when he, when he said that, and I started going through those, and I got to this part, love is not self-seeking, so I said, God is not self-seeking. But the God I always heard about, the God that I had come to think I knew, you see, sometimes it's the God we think we know. What we know is not really an accurate picture of God sometimes. 
I'm not saying that everything you know about God is wrong. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that some things you know about God are not accurate. Or better said, some things you think you know about God are not necessarily accurate. Is it okay? Anybody think it's okay to let God correct you when it's talking about what he's like? Is it okay to let God correct you sometimes? Correct your thinking, correct your mentality, correct your view of him? You know, if I want to know God, I ought to look and see what God said. Right? Does that make sense? Okay, I can't hear you through your mask, I'm sure. (laughs) You know, otherwise, you know, that would have been a thunderous, resounding, yes, it's okay to let God correct you about your thinking about Him. Praise God. And so, anyway, He began to correct me about this. And he began to open up and connect scriptures and show me scriptures about what he is like. And, and, but I'm thinking, the God I thought I knew always insisted that everything be his way. You know, my view of God was, it's my way or the highway. And that's what God's like. That's, that's what I thought he was like. But then I begin to see something as Holy Spirit began to take me through the Word of God and open up scriptures to show me that I had a skewed view of what God was like. Now, go to, go to Romans chapter 15. And I, w- I want to share this out of verse number 2. Let each of us Please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. Now, in the context of what he said there, it's leading to his, being your neighbor's edification. He's not talking about leading to your own edification. He's talking about that we need to, um, how did he say it there? Uh, We ought to let each of us, Please his neighbor for his good, leading to his edification. And then verse number three really blew me away. For even Christ did not please himself. Wow. I'm seeing that God is not self-seeking, and then Holy Spirit connects that idea with this verse. See, here's a, here's a Bible rule. This, this is a rule for biblical interpretation. If you can't find it in at least two scriptures, preferably three, if you can't find it in at least two or three scriptures, witnesses, and places in the Bible, then you need to set that aside and just leave that alone. If it's accurate, Holy Spirit will connect it to other scriptures for you. Praise God. Otherwise, if you've only got one scripture to prove something, you haven't proved it. Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. 
the mouth of two or three witnesses. If it is an accurate word of God from the Bible, it will be proved out in more than one place. Praise God. So, here I'm reading 1 Corinthians 13. Love is not self-seeking or God is not self-seeking. Well, that was the only scripture I had for that. So I had to let Holy Spirit connect that for me to some other scriptures. Praise God. And he took me to Romans chapter 15, verse number 3, for even Christ, who is God, right? We agree on that? So even Christ did not please himself. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Even Christ did not please himself. And the Bible tells me that I should be an imitator of God. Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 1. Be therefore imitators of God as dear children. So, if I'm going to imitate him and he was not self-seeking, then I cannot be all about me. Praise God. It, the, the world does not revolve around me. And I'm kind of laying a good foundation here for my next series, Endgame. So, kind of keep this in mind. But here he says, Christ, he, he himself, he did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have Hope. Now, what I shared with you in, last week, I talked about, uh, you know, in, in Paul's writings, he wrote to the Corinthians, and he also wrote this to the Romans. And, and he, he dealt with the issue of things, uh, meat that was offered to idols, and, you know, eating the meat was, uh, you know, and he, he said, some of you have a revelation that an idol is nothing. It's nothing but a piece of... of uh, uh, I think it was a kid's song, you know, when my kids were growing up. Uh, there was a, a kid's song that said something about a, or, or a story or something that, that talked about, it, you know, an idol is nothing but a hunk of junk. And it's just a piece of junk. It's just a piece of wood. It's just a piece of metal. It's just, you know, something that somebody's carved into something and they, you know, some kind of an image and they worship this thing. And, and the Corinthians were very involved in idol worship. And so when they came to Jesus and they, you know, they, they gave up the idol worship and began to worship the true God. And when they begin to worship God and, and turn their lives over to Jesus and begin to believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, then, uh, you know, they would go into the temple and the, the uh, priest in the, in, in the temple would offer meat, food to these idols. And, of course, a piece of metal or a piece of stone is not going to eat this meat, Right. Okay, and he said, so they, they would then take that meat and they would bring it and they would sell it in the marketplace. And it was cheaper 
And so a lot of people, well, they would go and buy this meat that had been offered to idols. But, you know, the, the new believers, because that's what they came out of was this idol worship. And so they were, their, their conscience was defiled because of this meat that had been offered to idols. And Paul said, he said, some of us, we've got a revelation and we understand that, a, that an idol is nothing but a, a piece of wood or a piece of stone. It's been carved into image and there is no other real gods. And so it doesn't bother you to eat some meat that's been offered to an idol. But if you came from this idol worship, then it might defile your conscience. And he's, Paul said, if if me taking advantage of the liberty that I have that is brought about because of this revelation that I have about these idols, if my eating of this meat causes my weaker brother to be offended and wounds his conscience, he said, me eating this meat is not worth wounding someone else's conscience. And he says, if that's the case, if that's what it's going to do, then I will never eat this meat again. Why? Because it offended? No, because it offended someone else. And here it says, Christ did not please himself. But he says, the reproach that reproached you fell upon him. In other words, he identified with you in your weak place. Praise God. Aren't you glad that the Lord didn't just say, that is dumb, that's stupid, get over it. You know, that, that, that might be what I would have done if I'd been the Lord. Aren't you glad I'm not the Lord? See, because I might have said, just Get over it. You know, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever, I've ever seen. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard, so get over it. But the Lord, he said, the, the reproaches that reproached you fell upon him. Now, let's back up to 15.1. Let's see what verse 15, chapter 15, verse number 1 says in Romans. We then who are strong, ought to bear with the scruples of the weak. We ought to, if, if you see yourself as strong, you ought to bear with the scruples of the weak or the weaknesses of the weak. You should bear with them. That's what he's saying. And then he follows that up with See, verse number one, we who are strong, we ought to bear with the scruples of the weak. Verse number two, let each one of us or each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. For even Christ did not please himself. Now, that is, that is so contrary to so many people's way of thinking. But, you see, we have a world out there that we need to reach. 
And I've got news for you. You will never reach anybody by offending them. It's just the truth. You'll never reach anybody. You know, so many people have tried to be soul winners by offending everybody. That's why they haven't won any people to Jesus. Because, bless God, you're wrong, I'm right, come to my church and be like me. Now, how many people you think you'd win that way? Not very many. Not very many. You, you're wrong, I'm right, you know, my church is the right church. You know, so come to my church and be like me. And if not, well, I'm sorry for you, but you're going to hell. Think you're going to win anybody like that? Don't think so. Don't think so. Romans chapter 15, verse number 5. Now may the God of patience. See, here's key right here. If you're right... You know, don't compromise what you believe. Don't compromise that. But you don't have to always prove you're right. Praise God. Here he says, "Let uh, now may the God of patience, comfort, and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward God one another according to Christ Jesus. Let me read that again. Now may the God of patience and comfort. Then he says, may he grant you to be like-minded. When he says to be like-minded, he's not talking about to be like-minded or to think the same way that your brother thinks. No, he said, think the same way Christ thought. He says, may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded to Christ. Think the same way Christ thought. And how did Christ think? Not to please himself. Praise God. But as it is written, oh, I'm, I'm, I jumped to the wrong verse here. That you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, here's the thing we need to do. What are we called to do? What, what is, I, I said this last week, what is the one job we've been given to do while Jesus is away? Come on. I heard it over here, but I want to hear it from more than one, just, just one person. One job we've been given to do while Jesus is away. Starts with go. Go into all the world 
and preach. I think I heard good news over here. I don't know who said that. Rowan right there. Good job, girl. Virtual high five. <laughs> Go into all the world and preach the good news. Praise God. It's the one job we've been given to do. And we haven't got it right. By and large, we have not got it right. We have gone into all the world and we've preached things that weren't good news. Some haven't got the go into all the world part. Some think they're only supposed to go to the people in their church who are already believers. You know, they already know. Why would he tell us to, to do that? So go into all the world and preach the gospel. But if we can't consider one another and we can't consider how what we do, how it affects the world, how are we going to be successful at reaching the world? How are we going to be successful? Are they going to even listen to the good news we preach? If we go and the first thing we do is offend them. I didn't tell you to go and be like them. That's not what I said. I said, how about we go and we love them? Because love is not self-seeking. Praise God. Praise God. Love is not self-seeking. So, when we go, you know, I learned a long time ago that I don't have to correct everybody's theology. And when I learned that, that took such a weight off me. Because if somebody said something wrong, if somebody said something that was not biblical, I thought I had to correct them. You know, that's not what Jesus told us to do. He didn't say go into all the world and correct their bad theology. He said go into all the world and preach the good news. Praise God. Go into all the world and preach the good news. Now, in Mark, um, that's Mark chapter 16, uh, read verses 15 through 20 and you'll get the, get, get the whole thing there. But here in Romans chapter 14, verse 16, he says, Therefore do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. And notice that. Here's what we think. Well, well I, I only please God. You know, there, there was a, a, a well-known song back in the 80s. Uh, it was a, a Christian rock band back in the 80s, and they did a song called Don't Want to Be a Man Pleaser, Want to Be a God Pleaser. And the, the thought, the idea is good. You know, I want to please God. But 
do you realize that it's pleasing to God when you can please your neighbor? In other words, you're going to, there's an old saying, you catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. You know, and there's a lot of truth in that. You catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. If you're nice to people, if you're kind to people, if you're loving towards people, if you, uh, you know, that, that's what we're talking about here. Here, he says, um, do not let your good be spoken of as evil, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and, notice what he said, and approved by men. Hmm. Approved by men. So, if he, he says you can be acceptable to Christ and approved by men at the same time. Well, if you love the world and the things that are in the world, no, that's, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about, you know, if you're in love with this world system, and, you know, that, that's, that's what he's talking about in that verse. But here he's saying it is possible for you to be acceptable to God and approved by men. If you can make friends with people, you are way more likely to win them to Jesus. If they know you love them, if they know that you care, that, that's why we say things like, God is madly in love with you. That's why we, we printed some masks that said, I'm wearing this because I love you. You know, I, I'm, not a, I'm not afraid of catching a virus. But in case you are, I love you enough to put the mask on. Praise God. I love you enough to give up my right to not wear one. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not preaching masks. You're going to have to decide that for yourself. You know, and, and where you are in the situation you're in, that, that's, that's your business. But I, I'm preaching a principle here. So please understand, I'm preaching a principle. Are you willing to consider how the person next to you feels about it? Praise God. Or are you insistent on proving that you have enough faith to not wear one? This this getting right down to, you know, the the picky little stuff, okay? But I want you to understand, and the only reason I'm going here, I'm not preaching masks. I came to preach the gospel, not masks. Praise God. But I want you to understand what he is saying here, that we need to be considerate of one another. Praise God. Praise God. Now, let me just read some more scriptures here real quick, and then we're going to close. 
Verse number 18. For if he serves Christ in these things, is acceptable to God and approved by men. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things which one may edify another. Verse number 16. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, and, but is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 29. Uh, notice this. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. He tells you here what a corrupt word is. A corrupt word is a word that does not do what the last part of this verse says. But what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. That would be an acceptable word. The opposite of that would be a corruptible word. Let no corrupt conversation proceed out of your mouth. No corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Romans chapter 12, verse number 10. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 1. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any, uh, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one Mind, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Are we getting the picture? Are we understanding the message here? Praise God. Hallelujah. You see, if you're watching me today, but you have never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, maybe, maybe there, there's various reasons for that. Maybe it's because you've never heard that Jesus came to this earth, he went to a cross, he identified with you and he hung on that cross in your place, paying for all of your sins because he was considerate of you. That's why he came here. He didn't come here to please himself. He came here because he loved you. Praise God. Maybe it's because you've never heard that. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus because you've run into someone who didn't really care what you thought, who didn't really care what your interests were. They were more about themselves. For which, if that's the case, on, on the behalf of my brothers and sisters in Christ who have maybe done that to you, I want to offer you my sincere apology for them. But I'm not asking you to accept a person. I'm not asking you to accept me. I'm asking you to accept Jesus, the one who went to the cross for you. If 
you have never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Praise God. It's very simple. I want to ask everyone in this room and everyone on my viewing audience today to pray this prayer with me. And if you pray this, you mean this from your heart, you mean what you're saying, according to God's word, you are saved. If you're praying this for the very first time, the moment you pray this, if, you, if you're serious about what you're saying, if you're not, nothing will happen. But if you're serious about what you're saying, you will be, at that moment, you will be saved. Praise God. So let's all pray this together. Say, God in heaven, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. That he paid for all of my sin so I could have new life. Today I choose Jesus. I put my trust in Jesus for my salvation. Thank you, Jesus, for coming and saving me. I believe God raised you from the dead, and I choose you as my Savior right now. From this moment forward, teach me to know you so I can follow you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today, and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service.